Hello, Richard Norton. How are you today? Hello, Kerry Harrison. How are you? I'm, I'm in a serious mood. Are you? Mm. That's a first. Well, that is a first for everything, <laughs> and this is a first for us. It is. Because who are we uh, talking to today? We are talking to Dave Pennington, which I'm very excited about. He is a marketing and behavioural science lecturer, and also a tech entrepreneur. He sounds like a serious man with many serious things to talk about. He's not actually that serious. It's very very pleasant and very humorous man and very serious oh so he is serious well, he's a little bit serious but he's not too serious well, not like you today let the listener judge okay let's crack on Giant Jams podcast. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Hello, Dave. Just like to let you know that Norton's in a very serious mood today, so um, you'll have to excuse him. I should only be thinking about and talking about very heavyweight, serious matters of the day. Um, So, Dave, thanks for coming. We're really excited to have you on. Can you just give us a little bit of background info about who you are, what you do, and sort of your journey? so far really yeah i'm a, a lecturer in sort of marketing specifically focusing on the sort of engagement and behavioral science of, uh, of marketing and how do we make marketing more effectively is is sort of my passion okay. um and on top of that i'm now a sort of tech entrepreneur sort of with a new system that i'm sure i'll talk to you sometime in this podcast about um which is trying to embed best practice and behavioral science into marketing to make it more effective what a tease sounds good and looking forward to hearing more about that so we we saw we just talked a little bit about off mic but we were talking about the current state of content and marketing in the world right now how do you feel about that and so sort of your view on the current state of marketing, really? Yeah, well, I was reading some stats the other day about, I think, $1.3 trillion was spent on marketing last year and advertising, which wow. is quite an amazing figure. But when you actually consider that you you see around about 4,000 to 10,000 adverts per day, um, it's a lot of information you're exposed to, but... And just thinking about it, how, how many can you actually remember from yesterday? Mm. How many actually made you do something physically different as a result of that engagement? And I'm guessing, Kerry, it's probably very minimal unless you had some amazing advert that you saw yesterday that stood out. No, yeah. We, in fact, we had this conversation with, in our another podcast that we've done with the guys from Smith & Meller who said exactly the same thing. And we were trying to rack our brains to find a decent campaign because they said this the same kind of thing, that so many thousands of campaigns go out there, but actually very few of them are remembered. So, yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's it, actually quite hard. It is. And actually, even when you remember something, so some things will stick out for good and bad reasons, but actually when you look at the analytics of it, only about 4% of marketing actually has any positive sentiment with customers. So that was some research done about two years ago. 89% of those people actually had a neutral effect and 7% of those people actually had a negative effect on sort of like sentiment. So, uh, and I think it just shows you that if most people aren't giving you any attention with your marketing, it mm-hmm. means that actually, are you? Are you is that one point three trillion dollars worth of marketing spend every year? Is it well spent? Is it going to get a return on investment? Something must be happening because we're 
continuing to invest, but actually, it, is it good? Is it, what what is good? Is a key question people don't tend to ask. They just do more marketing. Okay. What percentage of uh, the 1.3 trillion are we bringing at the moment? Would you say? I'd say most of it, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, There's a lot of bots out the there already. Significantly, actually. Fair enough. Um, so. If you are, so some of our listeners, in fact, probably most of our listeners are creating some form of, of content or doing some form of marketing. And you're talking about the current state, it sounds like it's not all that good out there. What Can you recommend or help our listeners, I suppose, with any kind of things that people can do right now to make their content a bit better, a bit more effective? Well, before we sort of tackle that subject, I just want to sort of point out two things. Just producing content um, if you produce good content, it drives positive behavioural change. It creates engagement. People want to engage with you. It's a positive experience, and people remember it and do something differently as a result of it. But on the other side of that as well, people don't realise that just implementing things without a lot of thought can actually have, a, and this is poor content, creates can create a negative behavioural change. So basically, it's not that it's just going to be bad. It can actually help you lose customers. So basically, if it's a poor experience, people stop engaging with you. You can lose permissions. You can lose the, uh, the right to engage. You might hack them off. They might stop buying. Mm -hmm. But in the worst cases, it can even model the wrong behavioral changes. Okay. So an example of that is, so if you go into a typical doctor's surgery and you see a poster on the wall, uh, and they're trying to communicate, don't miss your appointment. So it's a big post on the wall saying, so many people miss their appointment, don't miss your appointment. Seems like a very good idea, but one, who are you targeting? The people not in the surgery. Yeah. Who actually gets the message? The people that are compliant and doing the right behaviours that you want to do. Yeah. What is the message you're giving them? Well, you're actually modelling the wrong behaviour to them by, by giving social proofing that the a large volume of people are missing their appointments and as a result of that communication more people actually miss the, those their appointments because they think it's okay because so many other people are already doing exactly. it exactly and <laughs> okay. and actually when you analyze it from a, a few different lenses from a behavioral science point of view you can really understand that actually some of the content just needs to be stopped or changed mm -hmm. and one company i looked at they had uh, it's a very niche area, but 30% um, of their assets were actually driving negative behavior without, without them realizing right, okay. it. And just stopping, identifying what they should stop and stopping it actually created an uplift on sales. Okay. That's that's interesting. So in, in so it's a, a lot of it then comes down to really thinking about the target audience, who, what you want to achieve, all that kind. Of, so a lot of it will come in the planning stage. Is that is that kind of what you're? It, it, it is. So basically, the, one of the key challenges I face when I go into brand teams is, and I ask them, okay, you're doing a sales aid or you're doing this this campaign. Just asking in a simple question: What do you want the customer to? believe do and feel differently having had that engagement okay. and from a planning perspective most people are so focused on delivering something they actually haven't had time to sit down and actually articulate the behavioral change they're trying to create because they're okay. looking at it as an implementation thing and they're trying to do something as opposed to really drive a, the right behavioral change so it, it starts 
right there. But when you actually look at the components of what you're trying to do, um, if you're producing any content, first of all, it has to really fight for your attention. So with those 4,000 to 10,000 adverts a day, mm -hmm. you're competing against a lot of competition for your attention. Um, and we live in this attention economy. Everyone is fighting for it. Yeah. But often people don't know what will make my uh, my content stand out from everything else. Mm -hmm. And often, especially in the larger organizations, there seems to be, we don't want to take risk. And often they just repeat very similar things that they've done in the past and people create categories in their mind. It's, it's a form of gestalt psychology, which we, to, to make our decisions easier, we constantly assess things and put them into our categories in our in our brain. So by if something stands out that you're you're not sure of, it doesn't seem right, it's it 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 seems to be different, all your attention will be driven towards that piece of material as and you will lose attention for everything else because actually that they used to they, they think they know the existing material. So starting to use behavioral science principles, you can start to embed things to grab attention. But once you've got that customer's attention, it needs to. There's a number number of components to grab that attention. Yeah, you're then trying to create engagement with the customer to to make them participate at more depth. So you you've got their attention, which is the hardest part. Then you need to be fully aligned with that customer to um, um, to start that engagement to understand their values, their drivers, their wants, their needs. And the best way that uh, someone was describing wants and needs to me is like, um, I, I need water, but I actually want gin, right? No yeah. one really talks about water. Yeah. People talk about mm -hmm. fun things in yeah. life. So yeah. actually understanding what really drives the, the customer, what actually motivates them, what their values are, what their beliefs and what, um, are, and aligning what you're doing to them creates a depth of engagement. Just because you want to say something to a customer doesn't mean they actually care. Most mm -hmm. of them don't. Yeah. Your objective for engagement is to make them care, to align to them, to create maximum value to them. Okay. If you, if, do you have any sort of behavioral techniques or anything that people could implement or any kind of tips from that point of view in terms of how you can implement some of the things that you've just mentioned? Yeah. So we've mentioned... Right, so the, the three components which you're looking at is you want your content to sort of grab attention. Yeah. Secondly, is create engagement. The third one is, does it create a desired behavioral change? Because you can create engagement and you're going to be nice to the customer and as a result of it, nothing's different is going to, be, going to happen as yeah. a result of it. So you want impact. So there's behavioral sciences you can add in that apply to... Um, attention, such as we're, we're prone to look for faces, we're prone to look for movement. This is our primal brain. We're looking okay. out for these things. Making sure that the customer can see um, instant value from your material, they understand the purpose. The headline is important, tells you exactly what, what to expect, and it's aligned to creating value to that customer. From, a, from a, um, an engagement point of view, that customer alignment is so critical but from an impact point of view 
there's quite a lot of proven behavioral sciences that you can sort of implement. So yeah. it depends on what your purpose is of your material and your behavioral change yeah. you're trying to create. Um, one of the best models you can sort of embed, and this is one of the things I sort of evaluate in content as well, is there's um, a, uh, a guy called Robert Caldini has got a six influence model, which actually, if you start to apply those influence models, into the content, it dramatically increases the effectiveness of the content. Robert Caldini. Robert Caldini. Caldini. Got a spelling there for us as our listener groups oh, for Google. It's, uh, he's, he's got a company called Influence at Work, and I can recommend those. Okay. Uh, along with Steve Martin, who not the actor, but the uh, <laughs> but is uh, a nice guy, and he um, they have a few videos on their website. He, he's also an author, Steve Martin. Oh, we'll put something in the show notes. We'll put in the show notes. Serious show notes. I can give you some links in the show. So again, it's if you look at things like the six influences factors are sort of uh, liking. We like people that like us, and actually, we tend to be much more responsive to it. The biggest predictor of behavioural change is social proofing. We're social animals, so basically, we are really influenced by what other people do. So mm -hmm. we're constantly looking out for social cues, looking for most popular things. So that's the reason why um, uh, if you're trying to do choice architecture and make one per a person choose one thing over another, just by adding cues for social proofing, this is our most popular oh, yeah, choice, yeah, yeah. instantly increases the, um, the, the volume of people choosing a certain item. Authority is really important. We're looking for cues for authority. It makes, uh, and actually, even if you get people to introduce you as an uh, with authority, even if they have uh, a vested interest, people will still trust you more, and actually increases your uh, influence in there. So that's just okay. three of them. There's yeah. th there's a lot more that you can add in there, but even when you look at things that, if you understand why people share, um. Again, things like um, the certain models that we look at and embed into, into content if we can. If you look at things like people share because it has a practical value, it's got social currency, mm -hmm. uh, it, it makes them, by sharing, it, it makes them look better with that social it currency. It gives them a little bit more status, doesn't it? It does. So basically, if you understand the principles of principles why it's there, and you're using that as a framework when you're creating content, you can increase the effectiveness. If you're just trying to think we need to get stuff done, most of these things are overlooked. Uh, and actually, if you really want to embed these in and say this will increase the effectiveness of what we're doing, often from an agency side, you don't you're struggling to understand why you're putting the extra effort into the client because mm. they don't really appreciate it. So being able to articulate what is good is re is a really important factor. Yeah, yeah. And often, when you have brands which are talking about they want their messages to resonate, the psychology of memory as an area is um, is, is quite an understood um, discipline now. But actually, when you start to create content, do you think about how can I make it more memorable? And if you look at educational psychology as well, um, there's a really good uh, uh, model by Edgar Dale, who was an educational psychologist that looks at sort of memory recall. Just 
presenting a very passive engagement, presenting information in a sort of visual way with a bit of text creates about a 10% recall. But the more you can get the customer to participate in that conversation, the more you can personalize it, the more you can make it tangible to that customer, you can get about a 90% recall. So instantly, small things can make huge differences in the impact of quality mm. of content. And the key challenges brands face is they're so focused on delivery, they actually haven't thought about how can I make my content more effective? How can I make it more impactful? How can I get return on investment? And until you start to measure content in a, in, in a different way, not much is going to change. So, into, so is it helpful then to create some kind of content where people do engage then or to, in terms of if you're doing social posts, for example, to ask a question or I noticed on Instagram stories that, you know, there's quite a lot of new interactive little tools and things like you can have a little emoji that you can dial up and there's now polls and things like that. All of those are quite helpful in improving engagement, I'm guessing, from what you're saying. Yeah, so th there's multiple components to it, but it, it all depends on the purpose of what you're trying to do with the content. So yeah. it comes down to, I think we mentioned earlier, that planning, what do I want that customer to believe and do and feel yes, differently? Yeah, yeah. And as a result of that, the tactics that you would use might be tweaked. So basically, based on the format and your objective and the style of what you're trying to deliver, there's certain, uh, as a toolbox of behavioral science that you can use to increase the effectiveness of it. So, um, and often it's amazing, unless you have that almost an excellent framework of evaluating it. It's, it's amazing how people miss the obvious because th they've got no no means of judging it. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen social posts where uh, there's, there's one gin company that I evaluated content for and they were wondering why it wasn't creating any impact, mm. but there was no course to action. They didn't actually define what they wanted the customer to do. Okay. And as a result of it, it was, doing a, anything. it was a nice post, and they were just <laughs> doing not much. Yeah. Okay. So Other gins are available. Yeah. Although we didn't actually name that gin. I we didn't on purpose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so that's, those are all really interesting tips. Thank you. Those are really helpful. Uh, just, I suppose, it also just to wrap up, we've got about three minutes left. Okay. But you are, we talked a little bit earlier about you being a tech entrepreneur, and you're currently working on quite a big new project around some of the things you're talking about, about evaluating content marketing and making sure it's more effective. Can you just give us a little, <laughs> little bit of info on, um, excitement. On, on that and what you're working on and how it can benefit organisations and Yeah, the, the company's called Markify and our real purpose is to create an excellence framework for marketing and help you evaluate your content against it. So it's a planning tool to help you plan content and then evaluate and score that content. Um, and by scoring it, it, what it does is it gives you against, we're scoring against this excellence framework, which is based upon behavioral science models, which for the format increases the effectiveness of that format and also the, and the best practice of that format as well. So basically, we're not trying to reduce creativity by saying here's a framework. What we're trying to do is look at, in these cases, you can embed, behave, embed these behavioral science principles and they will increase your effectiveness. So on top of that, if you can score your content and diagnose how you can improve it with very 
little or minimal change in minimal cost, you can dramatically improve the return on investment of your of your okay. content. Yeah, great. So, it and um, is it often in, in your experience so far? I guess in designing this tool and your experience as a lecturer, is it normally a really big thing that people need to change, or is it often that it's a small thing that you might just tweak and it makes a massive difference? Like, or is it a bit of both? It, like every sector, every company I've been into can improve somewhere yeah. in that whole planning cycle. It's either your strategic objectives aren't clear enough, I haven't identified where I'm going to get my sales from and what behavioral changes in, in granular detail um, from a very strategic point of view. From a planning point of view, am I getting the most value out of, of, of my assets and, and drivers? And, it, and often just helping create transparency on that planning process is quite shocking for some companies like one company 55% of their assets weren't drive weren't driving anything so right. they could have stopped it and saved okay. a huge amount of money and it would have had no impact on sales so people okay. are busy yeah. almost busy fools and then when you come down to analyzing content you you tend to find that um, people have no point of reference other than what they've done before yeah so by providing that excellence framework, it just provides quite a number of different lenses so I can continuously improve. And most companies have areas of strengths and real weaknesses within their marketing yeah, team. Yeah. And this system just creates that transparency and then it allows you to, to create interventions there to make those improvements and measure it, which is, I don't think, I think everyone really wants to improve their bang for their book when it comes down to marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, brilliant. Thank you very much. Anything else you want to add, North? Well, in I, serious mode? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a little sort of insight <laughs> about the seriousness of this podcast. I think this is easily, uh, of our episodes, the one where the word content has been mentioned the most. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Also, Dave, just to kind of put his serious credentials on the table, got the word gestalt in early, which definitely... Yeah. Very exciting for our German uh, listeners there. <laughs> so generally speaking, I think we've ticked. I think we've ticked all the serious boxes. Yeah, have, yeah. I think we can sort of wrap up feeling quite pleased with ourselves <laughs> today. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you, Dave. Thank you very thank much. You. It's a pleasure. Good luck with Markify. It sounds yeah. Markify. Have you got a strap line, by the way? Making marketing more effective. Yeah. There you go. Right. Okay.